Spotlight. I'm your host, Michelle Prince, founder and CEO of Performance Publishing Group, making a difference one story at a time. We'll be shining the light on successful founders, entrepreneurs, business owners, and leaders that are getting results and making a difference. We'll talk about how they built their businesses, are creating movements, and leveraging the power of authority in their own lives. Be sure to stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest. Let's get started. This is Michelle Prince. Welcome back to the Power of Authority Spotlight. Today, we are shining the light on Angela Thicken, who is a full-time psychotherapist uh, specializing in OCD, eating disorders, and anxiety-related concerns. Okay, who doesn't have anxiety these days? Um, She started her career at McLean Hospital, which is one of the top-ranking psychiatric hospitals in the country and is affiliated with Harvard University. She was the head of social worker, or was the head social worker, I should say, on an patient unit that focuses on anxiety and depression. She's also done a lot of writing um, and she is helping clients really to just navigate this whole stress-induced society that we live in. And she's created a course called Breaking Every Day into Slivers, Not Chunks, which we will be talking about, Practical Skills to Deal with Everyday Stressors, Worry to Well-Balanced Course. So welcome to the show, Angela. Thank you, Michelle. I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited to talk about this because, you know, anxiety has always been an issue, uh, you know, for, for years and years. But I've, we've seen such a huge increase in it over the last three years for obvious reasons. But talk a little bit about that. Have you seen a big increase in your practice with people dealing with anxiety, stress, depression? Yeah, especially, you know, the past, I think, uh, People in my field have certainly noticed an increase in particular over the past two years um, with uh, uncertainty, right? And a lot of anxiety is based on uncertainty. I don't know what's coming next. Eek, that makes me feel anxious. Our in- intuition is I need to find control so I feel settled. Mm-hmm. And when we can't find that control, that's when anxiety starts to kind of take us down the rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. And what people, what COVID did is it made everything uncertain? Where are we going to work? What is the job market going to look like? Uh, you know, how, when, where, you know, how is this going to end? Uh, and that brought a lot of people in, in uh, into the office trying to navigate things that they hadn't had to deal with before. Um, so anxiety and stress has certainly kind of increased in particular over the past uh, couple of years. And Yes, anxiety, we can't get rid of it. Stress, we cannot get rid of it. It is, uh, anxiety is a lifesaver, right? Uh, if I'm walking across yeah. the street and I see a Mack truck, right? Yeah. Uh, coming down, my body's going to say, get out of the way. And my little legs are going to carry me across the street. So thank you, anxiety, for saving my life. Mm-hmm. But it's when it runs amok is when kind of people come in and see me where it's like, this isn't getting better. It's actually getting worse. I feel out of control and I'm trying to control more. And that's making me feel more out of control. Um, and so that's when it kind of blossoms into becoming a thing. Yeah. So are there things that can be done outside of, you know, medication? You hear about a lot of anxiety, medication, depression, you know, is, is that what in your practice, do you try to help people to navigate that before, or do you believe in also, you know, where it makes sense to medication? Yeah, I am a believer in um, like a combination uh, and whatever is best or whatever is most helpful for each person. So every since every brain is different, um, 
every, every it's going to be different for everybody, right? Like we, we all, our hearts all do the same thing. So um, if we both have the same heart condition, it's like one or two meds are going to do it for us. Right. But with our brain, since it's so different, what works for my brain might work, not work for your brain. Mm-hmm. Um, so the medication aspect, I tend to recommend if what work I do with somebody isn't really taking hold because they're still feeling so amped. Yeah. Um, but where I really start are the two gold standard therapy modalities that I'm trained in is cognitive behavioral therapy, which is my thoughts are really negative. I'm feeling really anxious. How do I start to reframe my thoughts to be more clear and positive, more realistic mm-hmm. rather than saturated in anxiety so that anxiety is kind of telling me what to do. Yeah. Uh, and then dialectical behavioral therapy, DBT, which is my body kind of feels so dysregulated because I'm so anxious. I'm so stressed. I can't calm down my body. DBT really teaches strategies to do that. Wow. Um, so you have the, the mind and the body connected. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you can really calm down your brain, you calm down your body. And if you can calm down your body, you can calm down your mind. So yeah. those are why those strategies, when you learn them up front, you learn how to manage your stress more effectively because once you have the skills, you always have them. Um, So that's why I really am passionate about this work because it does work and to see effective change that kind of lasts a lifetime and to be a part of that is um, really awesome. Yeah. It's amazing to me how like the mind body connection, it just is fascinating. And in fact, I I had this, a, a very similar situation when uh, this has been years ago, when I had first delivered my, my oldest son, who's now 22. Um, but I, very, we were in a very traumatic time. We had just lost my husband's mother very tragically, like the day before um, my son was to be born. So it was a very stressful and, and, you know, trying to hold it all together. And so I internalized all of that stress and it later came out in my body and in, in, in a debilitating way, you know, pain and, you know, all of these different things. And that was the first time I ever really realize how big stress is. And, you know, people always say like, you know, you need to manage your stress, you know? No, I mean, it, 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 it just, it, it affects everything. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's um, amazing how quickly, like in an instant it can take over. Right. Yeah. I mean, those kind of big traumatic, tragic events, like you're okay one minute and then there's an, uh Oh, like, Oh no, the next mm-hmm. and how quickly your body can just go into overload. Yeah. So that, um, you know, so that might not be able to change because we can't predict those moments. But once you're in that, like, right, how do you how do you begin to regulate, um, yeah. especially when the event is still there? It's still happening. Um, right. So it, it can happen in an instant. So I have to know. So I, I want to I love asking the backstory because I love what you do and I, I'm fascinated. But I always want to know, well, why did you decide you know, to become a psychotherapist or what was it in your life? Did you always want to be you know, working with people this way? Was it something that happened? You know, what, what was your trigger or backstory? Yeah, so it, it uh, begins as a little girl. Uh, <laughs> I was my parents are very uh, supportive and um, of the mental mental health community and like mental health and wellness. And my parents were separated when I was 11 months, got divorced when I was four. And it was around the time when my dad, I think, started dating more seriously and eventually got 
remarried. My mom and I were going through hard times and she was a single mom raising two kids. And uh, they thought maybe Angela could benefit from some therapy. So I, at 10, started seeing a therapist. Yeah. And it was um, really lovely to be this kid, to be able to talk about your parents, Mm -hmm. your friends, your anything, (laughs) the drama and have it be held without judgment. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt so safe with her. And then, you know, as she practiced out of her house, so I got to see where she lived and this beautiful home with nice clothes and a nice office. And I thought, I want to be her, <laughs> um, <sighs> to get to help people to feel yeah. the way I feel. Um, and to think about the struggles my mom was having and mm-hmm. not wanting to have those struggles. Uh, when I grow up. So even at 10 thinking about that and I got, I just was like, this is it. Right. Yeah. Um, so college majored in psychology. Uh, my friends joked around in high school, they had this on the newspaper, like um, who's going to be what when they grow up. Yeah. And it was the Newton psychologist. That's where I grew up, Newton, Massachusetts, um, Angela Fick. And they just like wrote it in as a joke. I'm like, oh my goodness, that's so funny that I'm talking about it so much. Even, you know, my friends like voted me for that. Um, And then uh, undergrad majored in psychology. Then as you kind of shared earlier, McLean Hospital, and it kind of just flourished from there. Um, But since I was a little kid, I was hooked on this, how how good it made me feel that I wanted to do that for other people. I love that. So you've known since you were 10 years old, what you wanted to do. I mean, how many people do that? Right. I know. I am so, <laughs> I am so lucky because I had friends yeah. in college that were struggled with, I don't know what to major in. I'm like, right. I don't have, I did not have that. Um, so there is, there is kind of that easiness to already discovering a 10. This is what yeah. I want to do. You know, it's, I, I think my parents maybe were very similar in that they were always open and but I've always been the biggest believer in talking to somebody, a therapist, counselor, and mine started probably in the college years, just understanding the benefit of that. And, and there's no shame in that at all. I mean, it's like, we go to the doctor for our physical health. Why wouldn't we go to a doctor for our mental health and talk things through? We are all dealing with something. Um, you know, as a, I, I own a publishing company and I help people to write books that I, I help people to tell their stories. And I have to tell you after 12 years of helping people tell their stories, I've heard a lot of stories of a lot of pain and a lot of anxiety and, and issues. And it's like, I'm, I'm convinced we're all dealing with something. It's just different, maybe different levels of it, but um, different levels of anxiety. So you have to, you have to get help for your mental yes. health. Yes. Yeah. And that we all have our story is absolutely mm-hmm. true. Um, and I think through therapy in my life, um, it's helped me become a better therapist, right? Yeah. Uh, so not only for my own emotional growth, but being able to ask better questions or understand, um, the other better. Yeah. Um, so it's been a win-win. So you obviously are in private practice. So people who are local can come and see you, but you've really taken your message outside of the practice because you want to reach more people. It sounds like, um, talk about your course and what you're doing, you know, with, with the worried to well, well-balanced and, and tell us a little bit more about that. So I, um, when I hung up my shingle in private practice, I thought, you know, this is it. I'm officially, you know, the therapist that I saw at 10, I've made it. Uh, And what happened was people were coming in in the Boston area. Boston's not that big of a city. 
Um, people were saying, one, the skills I was teaching them were helpful, but it took them a while to find someone like me. Mm. And that's when I thought, okay, if people are having a hard time finding me that literally, I mean, you can walk Boston in a day, yeah. um, you know, <laughs> who else might be out there that could benefit? And that's when I started thinking about what if I write, start writing. Mm-hmm. And that's when this course came together where I was thinking anybody anywhere could access what I teach and what is it that I teach. And that's kind of how I broke it down into seven modules of when someone's coming to see me and what, what do I give them in six weeks? Mm-hmm. Um, so within um, six weeks to a semester, cause I do see, you know, I see a fair share of, of students because Boston, we have lots oh, of schools. Yeah. Um, and that's when I started writing, uh, thinking about how do you combat negative thinking? How do you manage stress at work? How do you set boundaries with parents, with coworkers, with partners? Um, how do you manage social anxiety? Mm-hmm. Thinking about mindfulness and why that's so important uh, to manage stress. So all of it started to come together and it is a dissertation uh, in everything that I know um, in one course and wanted people to be able to access it for life. So once you have the course, you will always have it. Oh, that's uh, great. And that's why um, it has all my worksheets that I use in my practice, things I've created. Um, so it's it's very special to me because I it's it's a it's a life's work right in there. Right in one course. I love that. Yeah. Do you mind? Uh, obviously, we want people to get the course, but share a couple of the the tips. Some or or could you give us some things to get us started? Sure. So. Uh, one of my favorite things is in, in relation to cognitive behavioral therapy, which is really challenging your thoughts. So when you're anxious, angry, stressed, joyful, whatever mood you, you are in, your thoughts are going to be connected to your mood, right? Okay. So if I'm more stressed, I'm not a betting person, but a hundred bucks says like your thoughts are going to be stressed. Yeah. When you have more stressful thoughts, guess what? You're going to be more stressed then you're more stressed. Your thoughts are going to be more stressed. So they kind of fuel each other. So one of my favorite strategies to kind of break the cycle is to write down, what are you saying to yourself about yourself Mm. based on this event that you're going through, right? And then once you see the thoughts, a lot of people will say, oh my goodness, I didn't realize I was that distorted. Like I know that's not true, but it still feels true. Like I see the logic distortion so having that separation of writing down your thoughts can be really helpful. Love and then to think about if my best friend were in the same situation, what would I be telling them? Would I be telling mm. them these stressful negative thoughts? Like, hey, kid, love you, but you're toast. Uh, yeah. Or would you be saying something more realistic and kind? Like you've been through hard things before. You're resilient. You have your strategies. You can get through this. Now is not forever. So being able wow. to kind of come around the mountain and see the same situation from a different perspective can be um, really helpful in managing stress. And it, it is, it's simple in what would I tell my best friend in this situation? So that's yeah. one tip that I really like. And I encourage people to start with when you're kind of in that negative space. Oh, that's really good. Yeah. Cause it's so easy. We, we are, we would never treat someone else the way we talk to ourselves sometimes. Yeah, not even a stranger, right? <laughs> not even a stranger. Like, you know. Yeah. yeah, we are our own worst critics. So it's really kind of keeping that in check. And um, I feel like that's the a really quick, easy tip. What would you tell BFF? Uh, and then tell yourself on the repeat if you have. 
That's so great because one of my tips when I when people are struggling to write and you know they can't get started, I'll say to them, pretend like you were having a conversation. Think of the most important person in your world. It could be your best friend. It could be your spouse. It could be your child. And if they came to you for advice, what would you tell them? Because when we're when when you're in the, the place of wanting to help somebody, you don't hesitate. You don't think through. Is this going to sound perfect? Or you know, it's right. just you, you. We're givers, right? We want to share what we know, and so to come from that place of like you know, imagine somebody else. But but to, but but we need to do that for ourselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is such great advice. I know. I mean. I think we're all guilty, but I know I, I I can be guilty of that myself. You know, you just get in a stressful state and then you start thinking of every scenario and yeah, most you instantly of which won't go, happen. <laughs> yeah, you go right down the rabbit hole and you're right. Most of which will not happen. Like you do not have a crystal ball. We yeah. don't. Uh, and so the worst case scenario could happen, but then there are all these other perspectives too that are more based on reality, more based on evidence. Uh, and when you can kind of, tune into that, your stress naturally starts to decrease. And it happens to me too. Like I get anxious, I get stressed, I have negative thoughts, I get stuck for a little bit. Um, I am not, I am not perfect. Uh, you know, and that these strategies also help me and I talk about it all day so I can get out of it quicker because I just am more actively practicing and teaching. Mm -hmm. Um, but it does happen. And when it happens, the practicing some strategies that have that helped me kind of get me out of that before I really go down the hole. Yeah. So if somebody's listening and they're thinking, well, you know, life has been tough. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm under a lot of pressure and all that, but I don't know that I have anxiety or depression. What would be some markers or something to, that it's kind of like, okay, now you probably want to go see somebody and talk to somebody is, is there anything that there, there are some markers. Um, you want to think about how you're sleeping. So if you're sleeping uh, too much, so normally you're, you're, you get six to eight hours of sleep, that's pretty regular baseline for you, but all of a sudden you're sleeping 10 to 12 and you're waking up feeling really tired. It's harder yeah. for you to get out of bed or you're having difficulty falling asleep or staying asleep. So your bedtime's 10, so you're lying down at 10 and just as your head hits the pillow, negative thoughts start to show up, worries, it's why is this happening? Where were you 20 minutes ago? Right. Uh, you know, and the quietness, our brain turns on or you can fall asleep, but periodically throughout the night, your brain, you're waking up and then you start to worry. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- that's usually a sign if you can't get out of it when you don't rest your brain. Mm. That means the, the next day, it's going to be harder for you to think, to focus. That's going to impact yeah. your work. That's going to impact your body and your the, the kind of rhythm um, mm. and increase heart rate. So Sleep is huge for managing stress. So you want to get strategies ASAP for that. Um, Appetite can certainly suffer, feeling irritable. So Mm -hmm. things that your coworkers or your partner normally does that are kind of annoying, all of a sudden start to feel like really grating, like nails on a chalkboard. And it's either seeping outward. So you're actively looking and sounding more irritable, snapping at people, or you go inward and withdraw. showing up to work later or withdrawing from your partner because they're chewing too loud. So all of a sudden you're eating dinner in the different room, right? So if you're noticing irritability, that's also a big sign that you probably want to talk to somebody because that can really impact not only your physical body, but also your relationships. And when Mm -hmm. you're stressed, you really need your people. 
Oh, so, so pushing them away is not in your best interest, which is a very easy thing to do. And what? Do you, one last question about the this is with the with COVID, we've we've all moved to a different uh, online world in many different ways. What do you think about online therapy sessions versus in person? Um, obviously, in person probably is best, but is there a place for online? I think there is. I haven't been back to the office in two years. Wow. Yeah. Um, so I have been working with a majority of my people I've never physically met. Wow. And it, feel, it feels like I have, um, that I know, I know them, they know me. And I think, wow, I don't, sometimes I'm like, how tall are you? Like, <laughs> you know, I just see you sitting down, um, yeah. and just trying to get, uh, kind of the, the full picture. I certainly, we certainly miss, uh, in terms of like the physical presence, yeah. um, but from what they're saying, there is this easiness of they can just move on to their next thing. They're not commuting, you know, a 10 right. or 20 minute walk to me or taking the train and then running back to class or work. It's like they hang up and then they're in their office or they're at home. Yeah. So there is a luxury um, that on the online world has provided, I think will continue to provide. Mm -hmm. um, there are a few that have hinted they'd like to see me back in the office. And probably I will for, you know, I can see myself doing it maybe a day a week just because I do, I do miss my people. Yeah. Um, there are some that I really um, would love to see, I'd love to meet, mm -hmm. uh, but I see at least for myself kind of more of the online world. And I know yeah. some colleagues have been back in the office full time, um, you know, for months already. Yeah. I think it's such a great thing because especially, you know, the, the, it takes away a little bit of that separate, you know, the people say like, oh, I can't get time away from the office or I can't, you know, it, 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 or I can't find a good, there's not a good therapist in my area, area, you know, you can find somebody from anywhere in, around the world, really. So mm -hmm. I think that the, the key is though, is recognizing that it's, there may be, if there is an issue, it's okay to reach out. In fact, it's more than okay. It's, it's um, you would reach out to your your doctor if you you know hurt yourself, broke a leg, you know our our mental health is is just as important if not more. Yes, and you'd be surprised how many people. I mean, we don't talk about a lot of us don't talk about like oh my therapist says this, my therapist says yeah. that, uh, and you would be surprised how many people are actually in therapy in your office, right? Oh, yeah. The level of um, people in the kind of executive world that I meet with and people in the startup community, it's. It is, I think, becoming more um, supported. And I actually, there are some companies that will reimburse people. Um, like, here's a hundred extra dollars this month if you engage in wellness. That actually includes therapy, right? Wow. So, I know. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it is. I'm like, this is amazing if this yeah. starts to kind of catch hold. So, there are companies out there that are doing that. Um, and I think people are feeling more comfortable using it. For so, sure. yeah. Well, how can people get a hold of you? So uh, people can reach me in uh, one of two ways well, through my website, which is progresswellness.com. And on there is my phone number, my email. Uh, you can also check out my course on worriedtowellbalance.com that has a lot of the work that I do. And I'm also on Instagram, progress wellness. And uh, I try regularly to do some videos, reels, stories, talking about stress management tips. Um, and just getting as much info out there as I can. 
Awesome. Awesome. Well, Angela, thank you so much for being on the show. I, I know I've learned a lot. I know our listeners have. And one, any parting words for the wise? <laughs> <laughs> um, parting words for the wise. You know, if you're feeling stressed, you're not alone. Um, there, were, there are millions uh, with you on this one. And you don't have to go it alone. And if you don't feel like therapy is necessarily the step for you, there are so many other ways you can start to take care of yourself mm -hmm. uh, to help you manage your stress. And it can just be in these small little increments um, that will get you to the bigger picture. So if you're feeling mm -hmm. overwhelmed, try not to think about it as a whole picture. Think about just today. How do you want to take care of yourself today? Mm -hmm. And honestly, that adds up um, and you will start to feel better. So I guess those are my parting words. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank well, you, again, Michelle. yes. So again, go to progresswellness.com or for sure go to worriedtowellbalance.com and check out that course and just take care of yourself. So thank you all again for listening. We'll see you next time. Thanks so much for listening to the Power of Authority Spotlight. If you are a successful founder, entrepreneur, business owner, or leader that's getting results and making a difference, and you'd like to be on this program, please visit performancepublishinggroup.com forward slash podcast to apply. That's performancepublishinggroup.com forward slash podcast. Also, if you got something out of this interview, please share this episode. Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag, the power of authority spotlight. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content, so make sure you don't miss any episodes by subscribing. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our websites, performancepublishinggroup.com or michelleprince.com. And follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.